0: Welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast, where you'll learn all the best tips, tricks, and practical techniques for building the confidence levels you've always wanted. With inspiring interviews, real-life examples, and game-changing insights, this podcast is for women who know that mastering the skill of confidence is one of the most important things they'll ever do and welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast. I'm Jody, and together with my business partner, Anastasia, we run Rise Women, which is a business dedicated to making confidence every woman's new normal. So, before we get started today... I'd like to welcome Anastasia back to the podcast.
1: Hi, everyone. It's great to be back. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation because I know it's something that we're all dealing with right now. It's such a common topic.
0: It is. Absolutely. So today we are going to be talking about how to manage your stress and adjust your habits if you want to increase your confidence. Now, I'm not sure what's going on at the moment, but absolutely everyone I speak to appears to be busier and more stressed than ever before right yeah, now.
1: I know, I'm the same. It's like the the slower pace that some of us experienced during the height of the pandemic and all the lockdowns that we went through. They just adjusted us in some way. Like we just got used to being not as busy Uh, Now that we're back to being, you know, kind of somewhat whatever normal is, I'm not sure I'm liking it. I just got so used to the slower pace, but now I feel like I've actually never been busier in my whole life.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. We all sort of seem to slow down during COVID and now we're back into the rat race. And I mean, on one hand, it's great because we're lucky enough to, especially here in Australia, to be able to do the things that we used to do without too many restrictions. But on the other hand, we're also back to the pace that none of us sort of really like the first time around. Yeah, that's true. And in fact, we're not even sure we want to be operating this way anymore. Maybe we've seen a bit of a silver lining and, you know, God, oh my God. It is a fast paced life and there is excessive busyness and that comes with increased amounts of stress and a tendency to revert back to our default habits, the primarily because they were the easy option and they allowed us to get the job done faster, whatever that job you know may be. But before we move on to managing those factors in our life, first, let's talk about what it looks like to be stressed in our day-to-day lives. Because being stressed in a nutshell really reduces your ability to deal. It tends to keep you in the problem mode all the time because everything always seems too hard and it doesn't allow you to progress naturally to a solution mode. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And remember from our
1: previous conversations, when we talk about our brains and what we're designed for, humans are naturally inclined to look for the bad, right? We always look for the threats and the danger in order to survive and to stay alive. It's in our DNA, we can't help it, which is great because yes, it does keep us alive, which is a good thing. But it also means that we are more likely to go into problem mode because our brains are just primed to look for the bad more than they look for the good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what we do know about our brain is that our prefrontal cortex helps us make decisions. But when we stress, we limit it. Our brain only has a finite amount of energy. So when we flood it with cortisol, which is the stress chemical, it basically shuts down and says, nope, I'm not doing this. I'm too exhausted to make any decisions, (laughs) right? So you can see where this is going, right? If the decision-making part of your brain is refusing to make decisions, then the automated part of your brain kicks in. The part that relies on Preformed habits and it yells, Don't worry, brain, you know, I've got this. But it really doesn't because it doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't, no, because operating based on default habits is sometimes not the best course of action. So, if we want a superior prefrontal cortex with its, all its decision making power to keep working at in you know in our best interests, we need to be careful not to stress it out. Now, unfortunately, it has very limited capacity. so we need to take advantage of those very short periods of time when it's in solution mode and action mode, and give ourselves the best opportunity to use it to its full potential. If we don't, we will stress. We will have little meltdowns and we won't be able to find solutions to the problems we are faced with. Instead, we'll just expect the worst all the time, also known as pessimism, (laughs) and then just wait for outcomes that we think are out of our control. Yeah.
1: I mean, that doesn't really sound like living your best life, does it? No, it does not. I mean, of course, sometimes we can't help but stress because some situations can actually be really stressful and and you can't change that. So the increase in hormones and chemicals that we experience to counteract this stress can sometimes actually be really useful. Um, You know, the adrenaline running through our bodies can drive us forward to do something when we're really scared and that can be useful in a fight or flight kind of moment when we don't have the option for flight and we have to stay and fight. Uh, But nine times out of 10, being stressed will actually make the situation you are in worse and that is a fact. Uh, so, your best option really is just to figure out how to manage your stress so that you can move into solution mode quickly and increase your confidence at the same time, right? Because this is our goal. We want to increase our confidence and we want to find a solution. And you know what? Sometimes the outcome will be the outcome. It doesn't matter what you do, regardless of your level of input. So, in those situations, obviously, stressing about it is pointless because no matter what you do, it will have no bearing on what happens, Right? You can't control the outcome. Yeah. What it does do, though, is as you said before, it reduces your ability to deal. So, by being stressed out about something that you just cannot change, it puts you into a problem mode that is really, really difficult to get out of. And unfortunately, that will start to infiltrate all of your areas of your life because you'll just become that person, right? And we all know that person. I know them, (laughs) you know them. You know these people who are always living in problem mode. They never seem to be able to find a way out of any of their issues. They're always victim. There's always stuff happening to them. They don't know how to take responsibility because they are constantly in problem mode. So then what happens is stress from one area of your life will start to create stress in other areas too because that simply just becomes a state that you're living in. You're constantly in a stressful state. It affects everything. Um, And you know this because we've all been here. You're stressed about something at work and then all of a sudden everything becomes too hard. Right, you know, managing a house—it's too
0: hard. Well, because your brain just goes—it just gets exhausted. Yeah, it's exhausted. exactly. It exactly. just runs out of energy, as we were saying earlier. So basic decisions. Yeah, when you say managing the house is too hard, I was screaming at the kids the other. I was stressed, and you know, I'd been a long day. blah, da 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 da, just the questions—I couldn't—and I was like. Don't ask any more, don't ask any more but questions. But see, if you weren't
1: stressed, you may not have reacted that way, no, right? of course. Because your course. brain has the ability to deal. But I was
0: in overload. I could tell exactly. my brain could not work out the simplest answers to the simplest questions yep. because I was already – it was gone. It was like – I'm shutting down. Prefrontal cortex shut down. Please go and lie down because I'm closing your eyes. We're done here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and it's true. Everything just becomes too hard. Too you know, hard. The kids yeah. are too hard. Organising your social life. You know that feeling of, oh, I can't, I, yes, if people are trying to organise a night out. I just can't manage it. No, no, can't no. deal. Too no. hard. Waiting in a queue at the supermarket becomes too hard. Oh, I know. I have to breathe a lot. Right? <laughs> Some days we have patients. We're happy to sit and chat with the person next to us. But if yeah. you're stressed yeah. and no. you've got a thousand things in your mind and your decision-making centre is, shut down
0: Yeah,
1: waiting in a queue is like the worst thing ever or watching other people drive on the road too slow that's my oh, thing
0: y- yes it is yep. like,
1: I've got stuff to do I'm yeah. stressed about a thousand things you need to get out of my yeah. way <laughs> dealing with challenging family members, everything, everything just becomes too hard because all our brain is looking for is hard. Yeah. It's stuck in stress mode and in problem mode. So all it can recognise and associate with is hard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we're, you know, we've definitely all been there. And the key here is to know that this is absolutely normal. Yep. We all experience this many times in our lives and there's nothing wrong with you if you do. You know, that it's totally normal, but... If you don't want to be living your daily life this way, then you must learn how to manage these stress levels so that you can start living your life in solution mode and happily as opposed to problem mode and constantly miserable. Yeah, fair enough. So here's where our three-step practical process for managing stress comes into play that will help you move out of problem mode whenever you need to and increase your confidence at the same time. It really is a win-win situation. All right, let's do it. So step one is to acknowledge. When you feel like you've hit higher than usual stress levels or you're stuck deep in problem mode and you're having trouble finding a way out, take a moment to just pause and have a good look around at what's happening and acknowledge that the situation is stressful and that your stress hormones and your chemicals are completely elevated and driving the feelings that you're feeling, right? Recognizing and labeling stress is actually the first step to managing it because it makes it something real and tangible that you can start working on, not just, you know, like a default setting that's operating non stop in the background of your mind. And sometimes, if it feels like it's too hard to do this on your own, you need to enlist a friend or a family member to help, someone that you can really trust to tell you the truth, no BS, no sugar coating. Call them over and say, "I know I'm stressed and I'm struggling to manage it, but I need some help to figure out exactly what it is that I'm stressed about and how I can deal with it." It's just getting that other. Sometimes you need someone outside the circle to give you a bit of a perspective change because yeah, definitely it might be stress there, but it's something completely different that's going on in your life that's you know. And if your this-
1: brain's gone into meltdown mode, it'll make it seem so much bigger than it might actually be. Sometimes, yes, it is a big deal. That's right. But sometimes your brain's just, you know, gone off on a tangent and if you're in the middle of it, you can't see that.
0: Yeah. And you need a bit of help trying to go back into solution mode, as we're saying, rather than sticking in this problem mode. But if everything's heightened, it's hard sometimes to find that way out yourself. So it's good to get, you know, someone else to help you. And it's this kind of approach will always help you because- they will be able to see things and have access to details about the situation that you just won't be able to see in that moment, like we're saying, because you're deep in the middle of it and they are looking at it possibly from the outside. And a quick tip though with this one, try not to call on someone who is deep in the same challenge as you are because chances are their stress levels will be a bit contagious and then you'll both end up falling into or staying in this problem mode. So getting some perspective out from someone outside, which can be a friend or a coach or a mentor, someone who's can look at things that aren't right in it you need to pick out your person very carefully here yeah that's so
1: true I mean we always talk about having the right people around you and supporting you and this is definitely one of the reasons why yeah for Uh, sure because they'll be the people who can help you identify what's wrong and support you to manage it especially if they're not in it yeah right if they're giving you an external perspective you'll get clarity from these people that you wouldn't get otherwise absolutely yeah Okay, so on to step two, which is to assess. Now, I love this one because it just makes absolute sense, right? When you're feeling stressed about something, take a moment to assess the situation and create two buckets for your thoughts and your actions. One should be called what I can change. Yeah. And one should be called what I can't change. It's so simple, right? And then you immediately get into work on putting into action the things that you can change. So you separate, you look at the situation and you pick, what are the elements that I think I can have some impact on and what are some that they're just completely out of my control? For the moment, put aside all the things that you can't change. They're still going to be there. They'll be in the background. That bucket's not going away. But just to start with, push it to the side and just focus on the things that you can change. Now, as you start to take action and change the things in the can change bucket, you will instantly start to feel an increasing confidence and a reduction in stress levels because you will know that you are actively working on the situation. You're not sitting back and letting it happen to you. You are actively working to fix things, And yes, it might still be crap. And yes, there might still be a lot to stress about, but at least you're doing something, right? You're in action. Now, when you've done as much as you can, bring back the can't change bucket and reassess. Have your actions changed anything in the can't change bucket to a can change item? If so, swap it into the other bucket, get to work. If not, leave it where it is, move on. There will always be things in the can't change bucket. You need to accept that because we can't, have an impact on everything, right? for sure. So just keep working through the things in your buckets or on your lists, whatever works best for you. I'm definitely a list girl, don't like buckets. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just keep moving things around as you action them and as their status changes. But you need to know that there will come a time that whatever is left in the can't change bucket just cannot be moved right? It's there for a reason. That's where it will stay because there are some things that are just entirely out of your control and there is nothing you can do about it.
0: It is, but it's good to sometimes see it when you, especially when you see it on paper and you've actively put it in onto the can't change list or the yeah. can't change bucket or whatever, you, you know, however you're doing it. Mind map, I had a client do. Yeah. When it's there and you've written it down, it gives you a lot of clarity. Yeah. You're very clear then about how you can affect this situation or what you can do and what is completely out of your control. There's no point stressing about it, for want of a better word, because you don't have any control over changing the impact of that item.
1: Right. And unless you actually take the time, like this takes time, you've got it to does. stop and pause and intentionally identify and label these actions. Because if you don't do that, they're all in one bucket. Yeah. And they're in that too hard bucket that we are talking about earlier, right? And whether there are things in that bucket that you can change or you can't change, they're all smooshed together in the too hard basket. Yeah. Oh, I've just turned the bucket into a basket. (laughs) 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 Um, But once you do label and you identify, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Um, It does help. So, all right. So, how about an example to demonstrate this, right? I think this is something that a lot of people have been feeling at the moment. Say you're really stressed at work, regardless of what your work you're doing, right? You're feeling very overwhelmed. You're struggling to manage your workload. You know, the commute to and from work every day is exhausting if you've gone back to the office and you were used to working from home. The culture might be a little toxic and your manager just really doesn't want to know, right? They're busy as well. They're probably dealing with the same thing and their priority is just get the job done. Just get the job done. We'll deal with this later, So, this might seem like a situation that you can't change. So, you just stick with it. Day in, day out, you continue to be miserable about your work because it's just all too hard to fix. But what if there were some things that you could change, right, that might influence your situation? I mean, wouldn't that be worth trying? So, Your can change bucket might include things like manage my calendar better to block out certain periods where I can work undisturbed. If you feel like people are always coming at you for meetings or whatever, block in times that give you time to yourself. Uh, Maybe plan a meeting with your manager where you have a really clear agenda and address your concerns and also offer solutions. Don't just go to your manager and go, this is all terrible and I hate it without offering some sort of a solution. Maybe you need to stay away from people in the workplace who are having a negative impact on you. You know, those people who they subscribe to this too hard mentality. And if you're always listening to them talking about how tired they are, how exhausted they are, how everything is too hard and they're so busy, it starts to rub off. Maybe ask if hybrid or work from home is an available option to you. Like if you list all of these can change possibilities and then you work through them methodically to implement whatever you can, then you may in fact see a difference in your work situation. All right. But if you try everything that you can and nothing seems to be working, then clearly that will fall into the can't change bucket, which means you're then faced with two very, very clear options. You either stay and you just accept the fact that this is just the way things are, or you start looking for another job. It's that simple it really is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, this is not easy to do and it may take some time to play out, but it definitely is that simple. And this process can apply to so many areas of your life. Like I once had a coaching client recently who was complaining about her boss who always interrupted her. She was due to run a big presentation. So she was there was a summit coming along. She had to present on this project she'd been doing and she was nervous and the nerves were genuine because presenting, as we know, is usually something that's outside our comfort zone. It can be terrifying. It will create stress. But when we sort of discussed it and worked through it, what was at the top of that stress was being interrupted while she was presenting. And being thrown totally off, like just being asked a question or interrupted into something and losing her train of thought and all these sort of things, which she'd sort of experienced before in smaller settings. And she knew it rattled her, but because this was going to be a bigger setting and and there was going to be more influential people there, it made the stress and the nerves even greater because of, she'd experienced this before. He was a quick thinker, you know, he wanted to interrupt and almost process things that she was saying, but while she was saying it, he didn't have, you know, anyway, it was challenging. So what we did though, is we did exactly this. We looked at what she could change and what she couldn't change. And we realized that the risk of him interrupting was probably quite genuine. He is just that sort of person. He was the CEO, so he probably felt like he, he was entitled to interrupt. She couldn't change that he was likely to interrupt or that he would interrupt her in the middle of thing. What she could change though was her reaction to this or preparing, which is what we ended up doing, we worked on preparing for the interruption. How was she actually going to deal with the probably inevitable fact that he was going to interrupt her presentation? Now, actually taking that apart and seeing what she couldn't change, but what she could change gave her a lot more clarity because then she could actually start working on, and we worked together on helping her prepare for this. So she felt more confident that she would deal with that situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because and it, you're empowered. That's because right. You're taking control, right? It was really interesting. The power of that came from separating it into, I can't stop him interrupting me. And it's probably likely he's going to interrupt me, but I'm ready for it. And I know what to do and my reaction to that, and I'm not going to get rattled. You know, we did some reframing about what that meant because initially she had it set up in her brain. The conversation she started when that happened was a whole lot of stuff around, oh my God, he's interrupted me. He doesn't trust what I'm saying. He doesn't believe, you know. She made it it about her. Yeah, it was all a negative, but actually- we reframe that to go, okay, so he's a quick thinker. If he's actually spending the time to interrupt and ask questions, he's actually very interested in what you're saying. Yeah, right? he's engaging. So we, Absolutely. we actually changed that around so she saw it as a positive rather than really just automatically going to the negative.
1: Yeah, that makes total sense. And I guess there's, there's another element in situations like that, like she's preempting what he's going to do, right? You could even take that one step further back and set boundaries and intentions from the beginning of the presentation. Uh, she knows he's going to interrupt whether she yes. likes her or not. Maybe he's not aware of the fact that he's interrupting. Like you said, he's a quick thinker. So yep. he just speaks out loud. And because he has the authority in the organisation, he feels entitled to do that. Yep. If you say at the beginning, you set up the intentions, you know, I know there are going to be a lot of questions. Please keep your questions to the end and yep, we can discuss it then. Too, yep. Maybe he'll still interrupt, but maybe half the time he'll think and it'll stop him. So you're kind of setting boundaries and going, yes, I know there are questions. Yes, I know people are thinking through this as I'm speaking. And it's just, you know, giving that placement and and giving him the authority and the permission to pause. Yeah, yeah. And go, I know you want to ask a question, but maybe just hold it and keep it till later on. It may work, it may not, but at least again, you feel like you're taking control, right? Yes, exactly. I think that's a great example of how to assess a situation and then decide what can or cannot be changed. So the purpose of this exercise obviously is to slowly work your way through all of the can change items, change what is within your power, boost your confidence by constantly being in action, and then just keep reassessing, reassessing, and then whatever's left in the can't change bucket, that's for the next step.
0: Yes. This one is an interesting one. And this one is probably the most challenging one. Yeah, definitely. So after you've done everything you can do and you've revisited your buckets or your lists or your baskets, whatever (laughs) it is, as often as you need to, the question is then, have your actions created a change in your circumstances or are there still some things that you just cannot change, which is likely, right? If so, that's when you need to go to this step three, which is to accept. Now we've talked about this before on the podcast in certain areas, but this is actually the most crucial yet the most difficult step in the process. Once all is said and done and there's nothing else left for you to do, it's time to just accept that the outcome will be whatever the outcome will be. And no amount of stressing will change that because there's simply nothing more. It's accept. Because you can't change. Yeah. And we talked about this recently. I think there was yeah. one this year that we talked about, accept it or change it, don't criticise it. That That's was the, right. We did the, the yeah. criticise. Because stressing about things that you can't change is futile and actually makes it still or worse,
1: right? Entirely counterproductive. Yeah. You will never, ever get the outcome you want. No. If you choose that course. Absolutely.
0: But there's a catch here, Right. Right. This step will only work if you've already followed steps one and two properly, right? It's really hard to accept a situation for what it is if you haven't first acknowledged that it is something that makes you anxious or concerned or stressed and then assessed the circumstances to ensure there's nothing else that you can do to change the potential outcome, so, if you find yourself unable to accept what's left, you really need to ask yourself why. Is there something left that you think you could do that you haven't tried yet, or because you've been too afraid to, or there's something else in the way? Or, you know, is there an issue that you haven't acknowledged that's part of the situation? If there is, you need to go back to step one and figure out. If you've covered all your bases and really thought through everything that could be about, you know, assessing and what's causing you that stress, right. going straight to step 3 is almost impossible because it's really hard to accept something that worries you without experiencing some, you know, measure of stress and the whole point of this exercise is to reduce your stress in your life. Right. Well, as much as you possibly can anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think there might be like a little bonus step
1: here too, Jody, right? Around changing default habits because I think it's important to be able to recognize certain habits that aren't working in your favor, right? In order to avoid defaulting back to them when you're stressed or overwhelmed. Creating positive default habits that will pull you out of problem mode and support you to enter solution mode is actually a really great way to manage stress because it automates the process for us. If you create the right habits to acknowledge, assess and accept whenever you're feeling stressed and you keep repeating this process then that is what you will fall back on if stress starts to kick in and you start to feel overwhelmed, right? It's these positive habits that can help you solve for the problem that you're facing. And that's the whole point, isn't it? To fix the stressful situation that we're in.
0: Oh, absolutely. So an example of a default habit that may not be supporting you in situations like this. Could be, let's say, overeating or under or smoking or drinking or not sleeping well or the good old procrastination I one. I love that one. <laughs> Or a whole range of other habits that your body and your mind may revert to when things get too hard. They go into the, I've got the too hard basket. Have you got one of those? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It's a basket now. It's not a bucket, remember? It's right, right. Yep. (laughs) But learning, you know, learning to recognize your default habits and replacing them with more helpful habits is the way to break this cycle and make sure that your habits or that the habits you are defaulting to will be the ones that help and support you. Preempting the cue is really crucial here. In order to avoid reverting to a default habit, you need to recognize your trigger before the habit loop commences, right? And look, I think we've discussed this in the past. A habit loop looks like this. There's always a trigger that kicks it off, the thing that will get the ball rolling and your mind into auto mode. This is followed by the routine, which is the default practice or thought that you automatically revert to when your trigger shows up. And then there's the reward Well, which is the outcome of the habit, you know, let's say it's overeating. You get initial reward for that because it feels like it fills the void or whatever it happens, but then often turns into an undesired outcome, especially if it's continued consistently and you're overeating all the time. If you're over if you're stressed once and you overeat once, it's not going to be an impact, right? But, but if it's a this habit, this is a habit that yep. then can turn into because the reward you get is immediate sort of feeling of satisfaction, but the outcome over time is an undesired outcome. It doesn't actually solve the issue that you're facing, which is stress. It yes. just gives you a an immediate reward initially. It's still not not sort of helping you, right? But we keep going back to it, right? Because it's familiar. Because it's It's familiar, right? And it's easy. And you start running that habit. At this point, your brain's going, I'm not dealing and I'm in autopilot. So it goes to the automatic places that you've trained your brain essentially to do. So we want to train it to go to good automatic places. Yes, exactly. If that desired outcome's not working for you anymore, then it's creating a new habit when this trigger goes off. Right. So the key here then is to recognize the trigger, change the routine and intentionally bring about a different reward or outcome. What you want to do is create more helpful habits that get you out of problem mode and into solution mode as quickly and as easily as possible. So for the example I just used, if you've got the habit, and I don't like using good habits, bad habits, they just, they're they just habits, yeah. but they produce sometimes positive or negative outcomes. Yes. If you say that the way you deal with stress, let's say is at the moment when you're in autopilot, you go into overeating or smoking or have too many wines after dinner, and then it becomes, it's an undesirable habit, an undesirable outcome that you're receiving from that, then you want to change the routine. So instead of the smoking or drinking or overeating, you replace that with, well, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to, you know, you, that's the bit you're changing because the trigger's still going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. But it's changing the routine to create a different outcome for yourself. Right. Because here's the thing, right? Unhelpful habits are often just coping mechanisms, right? We've created them to help us get through something, right. but often getting through is not enough, If you learn how to recognise your default habits as coping mechanisms and you know what triggers them, then you put yourself in the best possible position to change your routine, as we're saying, or your behaviour, which will ultimately change your outcome. Right. So try changing to more helpful habits and see what happens. Instead of overeating when you're stressed or drinking wine, try drinking some water instead or going for a walk or, you know, picking up a book or something else. The action is the same, but the outcome will be much better for you. You know, instead of procrastinating when you feel overwhelmed, write a list and get all your thoughts down on paper or call a friend, someone who is happy and positive and uplifting, who you know will, you know, boost you up when you're feeling low. There are so many ways to change our routine or disrupt the habit loop is essentially what we're trying to do. As long as we learn how to recognize our triggers and put then a plan into action to change our behaviors. And this will help you when you're stressed because you eliminate the fear of knowing that stress and overwhelm will lead you to unhelpful habits and destructive coping mechanisms, which, you know, we've all been there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it all makes
1: total sense, right? Like we said earlier, it's not easy and it does take time and it takes repetition, but it is simple. It's a simple concept. It, you just need to work on it. And if you work on this and you get it right, we guarantee you will learn how to manage and reduce the stress levels in your life and you will increase your confidence doing it. Absolutely. Great. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for this awesome discussion, Jody, And thank you everyone for joining us. It's been amazing as always. And if you've enjoyed it too, please feel free to like, share and subscribe to help us get our message out to everyone that confidence is accessible to every woman if she learns how to create, practice and master all of the practical confidence building techniques that work for her. So until next time, bye for now.